You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 232. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Today, we are talking about shattering ceilings. In the world of project management, women have faced uphill battles when trying to shatter those glass ceilings so they can earn their seat at the leadership table. What does it take to overcome challenges and excel as female leaders of PMOs? In this discussion, we're going to learn from one leader's journey and how she navigated barriers to be successful in this field. From trials and triumphs to resilience and empowerment, we're going to uncover the strategies and the mindset shifts that help women ascend to new heights. Learning a little bit about the journey of those shaping PMOs and the future of PMOs will empower you to unleash untapped potential. And yes, this is for men as well. If you're smart, you're looking for ways to support the women around you. And we all need to be mindful of how we can create a culture of inclusivity so the best ideas are driving the future of your organization. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Keedin. Keedin offers dynamic project portfolio management software for growing and scaling results-driven PMOs. What makes Keedin unique is that unlike complex, hard-to-use PPM solutions, Keedin transforms the way PMOs deliver insight-led decision-making through stronger user adoption, exceptional customer experience, and powerful product innovation. Keaton is with you when you start and there for you as you grow, so you can experience a collaborative, customer-focused journey delivered by people who care. Keaton helps you be more than a status quo PMO by helping you adapt to industry trends and become a proactive PMO that embraces change. Experience Keaton's configurable end-to-end functionality that your team will actually use, giving you the ability to grow quickly and scale for maximum portfolio value. Learn more at keydin.com and take your next step to becoming a results-driven PMO. With me today for this episode is Dr. Mona Zuheib, and she is an internationally acclaimed speaker, seasoned entrepreneur, and a tenured head of PMOs with a robust IT background. Girl after my own heart. She's also a respected professor at renowned institutions like American University of Beirut and Lebanese American University. Now, Mona is a certified PwC Academy trainer with over a decade of experience, and she's established herself as a thought leader in project management, which is why she's a sought-after speaker for keynotes at global events, like the one where I met this lovely lady where she and I were both speakers at the Global Project Management Forum in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia earlier this year. Mona, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Laura, for having me. I'm really honored to be with you in one of your podcasts. I've been following you for a long time, and yeah, I'm here now with you. <laughs> oh, and, and we had ourselves a blast in Riyadh, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> a big one. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a really... 
a lot of fun getting uh, some private tours. We got to see, remember, we got to go see the culture exhibit from the Ministry of Culture, their brand new art exhibit with all of the calligraphy that was stunning. We got to go have a real authentic Saudi Arabian meal that was so beautiful. I just felt so spoiled there. And I have to tell you, as a woman, I was not expecting to be as spoiled and greeted and treated as well as I was, not just at the conference, but in the community. And it really being supported to learn more about the culture and, oh my gosh, the beautiful voices and hearts that I saw there really changed my perspective. And it just goes to show you that there are a lot of people all around the world interested in supporting women in project management and PMOs and supporting the idea of shattering those glass ceilings. So I am excited that we're here to talk about that. And I think it's very fitting that where we met was in a place where you would not traditionally think that women in PMOs and project management would be supported. But the Global Project Management Forum was an incredible, welcoming and supportive environment where we met tons of fabulous thought leaders from all over the world. So I'd love to just talk a little bit about your background and your experience as a woman in PMO leadership today, since that's the conversation we started when we were together in person earlier this year. And that conversation was going so well, I thought we really just needed to bring this to the audience so that people all around the world could hear a little bit more of your journey as a woman in PMOs and what we can do to help support the culture. Yes, uh, Laura, that was really fabulous. Even myself, you know, I've moved to Saudi Arabia from Beirut after having, as you said, like more than 20 years of experience in project management from being, uh, you know, only a programmer to becoming a project manager, then having PMOs at the, you know, the banking sector and the aviation uh, industry, you know, it really gave me like a boost to becoming a managing partner at We Grow Minds, the company that I'm running now with the with many of my partners. So, you know, in Saudi Arabia, yes, we were expecting to have like this culture as a burden, but surprisingly, you know, I've been even being a PwC Academy a certified trainer. I've been put on even a leadership program to empower women in this domain, not only in project management, but across their careers. So every month we select different topics related to pure leadership, inclusion, gender equality, and the men and women alike can attend. And at the same time, we go into other topics like design thinking, emotional intelligence. So, you know, as you said, you know, it changed my perspective as well that, you know, for Saudi Arabia Vision 2030, this is something like a part of their DNA now, part of their processes. They are doing a lot in that. But, you know, coming back to my journey, uh, it was not quite a simple journey. It was, you know, I faced so many challenges. And at the same mm -hmm. time, I embraced lots of opportunities that made me who I am today. I would love to hear a little bit about those challenges because I think we all have them, right? I was one of four women in my graduating class for computer science. You talked about having an IT background. I, there was only four of us women back in the 90s in my computer science program. Same here, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? That's so cool. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't talk about that. Maybe we did when we were together. Um, yeah. But yes, look, there weren't many of us back in the technology field back in the 90s. And then along my journey, I was usually always 
the youngest in the room and one of few or the only woman at the table. And I was having to drive some pretty big change and transformation and be a part of bleeding edge technology changes and industry and global changes from Y2K to the dot-com boom to all of these big things. And all along the way, I had some definite bumps in the road related to being one of the only women at the table in those conversations, but where the challenges came from is what surprised me. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your unique challenges as a woman in the PMO space. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's different being a project manager than being a PMO. So when you're a PMO, you're imposing maybe policies, uh, certain rules, certain documentation, certain automation, like you're trying to bring it to a higher level. And for that, you know, it's not like per se, they didn't trust my capabilities because yes, they know you have years of experience. As you said, you have the technical background. I've always been in an environment where I report to the CIO. The main objective was implementing information systems uh, wherever I go. So it has been like 20 years implementing different variety of information systems under the umbrella of project management. So the challenges you face is that when you sit at the table with all these stakeholders looking at you, and yes, you know, sometimes you see the resistance, you see the biases, you know, is uh, the CIO with you? Yeah. And by the way, the CIO was a, a woman as well. So they feel, uh, uh, you know, we are telling them what to do or regardless of how much you are very good in communication, how much you are convincing uh, and how much you are using your logic in terms of how the processes will come. And when you bring the different stakeholders on how they uh, are supposed to perform these processes or implement those systems. For example, at one of the companies I'm not going to mention, they tell you, you know, Yalla, bring the tool and uh, we'll make it happen. And when you sit at the table and tell them strategically speaking, and I see you have lots of your podcasts related to strategic PMO, you know, we don't start sometimes with the tool. You know, you start with right. the processes, with a strategy, putting the mindset, right. what, what are we going to achieve with this PMO? And you start telling them, you know, let us do this. Let us do that. Let us plan together for it. Let us create a mission, vision for the PMO. Let us see the right people. Are they there? Are yep. we going to customize it to match your needs? Are we going to like, you know, uh, bring the people who are able to put, you know, an arm, a structure for the PMO. And then at the end of the day, you see which system, which information system or tool that will help you make this happen. So when they, you talk as a woman about planning, they think, you know, it's, it's not something that you really should do. Sometimes men perceive themselves as action oriented and they want results directly and they underestimate the power of planning that you really need to do before making happen like that. So coming from a woman as well, you know, sometimes they have this doubt or mistrust or maybe they question what you want to do. But of course, it was a challenge for me. I use so many mm. ways. I even sometimes you go with the flow, you bring the tool. Okay, tell me, what are you going to do with the tool? Which processes are you going to automate? What is the PMO is going to bring you? What's the added value and how it's going to impact the performance of the organization? And then they realize, oh, we have to listen to her. Let's do it her way yeah. now. 
you know, sometimes, yeah, you, you, you waste a little bit of time, you waste a little bit of money and resources only to really convince, you know, that this is the right approach to plan, to assess the existing culture and bringing people together. And when you're dealing with so many project managers, I had like 15 project managers at this organization where you have to align your mindset with their each and every project manager's mindset. And most of them, like 95% of them were men. All of them were like managing different projects, project managers Mm. on different type of projects, whether in IT and development, whether in the infrastructure, whether in information systems and so on. And this was really challenging. Like you feel it. Sometimes you see it and read it in their eyes. You know, what really helped me maybe is my background, my years of experience, having PhD in project management, specialization in IT implementation made things easier. But by itself, you know, uh, the biases are there from the way you talk, from taking you seriously. Maybe sometimes when my boss, like, say things like, let's meet. Let's not generate reports outside the PMO. Let's trust the reports from within the PMO because when you get the Mm -hmm. buy-in of top management, finally, you will get the buy-in of all the team. And only when it came from a man boss imposing Mm -hmm. things, you know, you sometimes get the buy-in of all the team. Mm. So that's really unfortunate, but it's the truth for a lot of people, especially when you're starting new in the role. You might need to use your boss or a key sponsor to be your voice, whether you're a man or a woman, right? And because you may not have the credibility yet. And while it is unfortunate that you weren't being heard, you believe because you were a woman and knew and they didn't really know you or like you or trust you, right? That's all part of what we have to build over time. You still found a way to start getting your voice heard and respected by using your boss to champion the changes that you were trying to put in place. I wouldn't put it in that way in using my boss. You know, sometimes you really need to escalate. You know, we use lots of communication and we had lots of strategy that I'd like to share with you. So what we did is like, we did like many team building activities. What we did is we made like sessions, like awareness sessions. We didn't focus per se on the woman. You know, in, in any challenges that you face related to the biases, they will not tell you like directly about that and you will not defend it directly in the same way. What you actually do is you show your capabilities and they will speak for you. You know, mm-hmm. so when you talk about the benefits of the PMO, the benefits of the system, the benefit of maybe including them, the main thing that really worked for me and it was one of the most successful projects we've done over the 10 years, whether at, you know, Pransabog, Middle East, or, you know, any consulting work that we do for other companies is to include people. We included them. Mm-hmm. We made their voices heard so that they can hear you out. So if you sit in there, hey. so this is my message to all the women, PMOs in the world. So if you're sitting there just implying for the project managers what to do, what not to do, policing will not work. Even using uh, escalation will not work. You have to find a way to really bring them to the table. How to bring them to the table? Communication is key. Proving your capabilities. Having like Mm -hmm. breaking ice with like having competition. Even sometimes we build Mm -hmm. like a platform where they can chat. We can share with them some of the ideas 
what can work, what didn't work, what is your insight about this idea and so on. So these things would work as well. So when you show your capabilities in building a framework for them, we called it at that time, oxygen framework. This framework was built with them. We cannot exclude them yes. to be included. That's what I need to focus on. You cannot exclude any mm -hmm. project manager only for the sake of being included. So what you do is to include them, to hear their voices out, to listen to them, to pinpoint their pain point and bring it to the table and let them speak what would they find more feasible, more aligned with what they want, what can work for them. Because, you know, uh, having like processes for PMO, if we bring them from PMI international standards, maybe they will, you know, it's not a goal for them. But when they try to make it happen in a seamless way, mm -hmm. simpler way, they are the ones who suggested it with you, that will make things better. And we did like lots of awareness sessions. What's a project management? What's uh, the difference between a process and a project, a daily work operation and a project? Even we went down to this level and we lifted their maturity level up so that everybody was on the same page. Being a woman, you know, and a professor, of course, you know, I didn't have much challenges, but you can see it, you can read it in their eyes and you can feel it. Other women face lots of challenges. They had even to resign my other fellow women as women leaders, uh, PMO leaders, you know, in the same domain. You know, thankfully, you know, I had my long years of experience that speak about my work. Uh, they, you, you tell them, you know, we did this before. We share success stories. You, for example, create some initiatives like mentoring, coaching at one-to-one -one level. It really worked with me. So one-to-one -one yep. conversation, inclusivity, listening to their voices, team building activities, sharing insight, awareness sessions, and increasing their maturity in project management, they will hear you out. Maybe it will, yeah. you know, it would have been easier for a man, but for a woman, you have to prove yourself more and more, you know, and prove your capabilities mm. more than any other man. So if you were maybe in a man, and I've seen so many other men, you know, head of PMOs, the mere fact that he's a man as head of PMO, you know, an uh, automatic like switch in the minds of the people, we need to listen to them regardless of what they say. But the woman, the challenge is that she needs to prove herself in a more challenging way in order to be heard. Now, it's interesting as I'm listening to you share all these ideas, which are fabulous, by the way, a couple of things have occurred to me. One. I just want to share with folks if they're thinking about, okay, so how do you put this in place, all of these ideas that you have? One way that we teach our Impact Engine System students to do this is through a community of practice. So create a community of practice in your organization. We help our clients do this all the time. And that community of practice is the organization within the organization that helps people feel that they are part of something bigger than just themselves. So they don't have to all report into the PMO for you to create a community of practice. But that group is all of these project managers across the organization that are helping to drive, decide, and define this PMO for the organization. The PMO does not belong to the PMO leader, right? It belongs to the people that are served by it, right? It's a service-based organization and should be there to support its stakeholders especially and in including the project managers from across the organization. So all of the things you were talking about there could be packaged into a community of practice 
that creates this inclusive and engaged support structure for people that are engaged with the PMO in some way, shape or form, hopefully benefiting from the PMO and helping to drive what it looks like in the future. And that's a really great way to do it, to make it about them and not about the PMO leader needs to decide everything and do everything. And by the way, especially when you're starting out, that is way too much to expect from one person. And so a great way to build credibility is to not make it about you at all, right? And make it about those people. So I love all of those ideas you suggested there around what we call putting together a community of practice. I love it. What's interesting though, as you were talking, I'm wondering if you can talk about how the organization as a whole, the company that you work in, can foster a more inclusive and supportive environment for women in PMO roles. Because we've talked about what the PMO can do to create that inclusive environment and be embraced as a leader, whether a man or a woman. But how does the organization foster a more inclusive environment for women in these roles? You know, we talked at the beginning about Saudi Arabia. This is a, an amazing example. And you find challenges about, you know, women uh, inclusion mainly in, in the Middle East, mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's everywhere, by the way. But mainly in the Middle East, you find women who need more support and more encouragement and more empowerment. And I was amazed about the Saudi Arabia Vision 2030 that uh, women inclusion, women empowerment is part of their vision. And for that, being a senior trainer and certified by PwC, you know, I was uh, selected to be part of the leadership program, excellence leadership program for women staff in PwC and how they can, whether at the level of project management and whether at the level of what they do in their operations to feel uh, included, eliminate these biases and to empower them and so on. So Mm -hmm. I believe, you know, continuous learning, continuous mentorship, encouraging women to speak out, proactively developing their skills, because the more the woman develops her skills, Mm -hmm. you know, need to even prove yourself, which what happened to me. You know, I didn't have to like bring something to the table. I was skilled enough. I just had to prove it the hard way. Yeah. That's what it was all about. So having like building this confidence in women, having a culture that will embrace inclusivity and gender equality is is key. So here right. the role of HR, you know, my PhD is a, like a mixture of HR, you know, uh, project management and information systems. I yeah. truly believe in the power of HR, how human resources aligning with, you know, all the top leaders, strategic leaders in order to bring in programs to the organization about inclusivity, about gender equality, and to make initiatives and activities like big companies do, bringing right. women and men together and proving that Yes, we can. And in these programs that I'm engaged in, like every month we have a different topic. You know, it's been like for uh, from the beginning of the year, you know, all these topics will include, we started including men as well. Come see how we're empowering women so that they will do the same. Perseverance, you know, I advise women to really insist, to really push forward, push their limits. Don't lose your confidence if you were faced with people who don't believe in you. And by doing this, you know, automatically think about how you can upskill yourself, how you can really become a strategic leader that will show everyone that women, you know, like men can perform and can become, whether it's a head of PMO, whether it's a head of whatever department, they can perform equally and even their pay should be the same. 
right. know, nowadays, even in big organizations, if you really compare worldwide, you see that men CIO are well paid, better paid than women as well, or CEOs. So it's still like you, you can see this gender difference in terms even of pay is, is there at the table. So when a woman PMO does all this to prove herself at the table and do the double effort, you know, it requires from the organization itself, specifically from HR, to have this culture of inclusivity, gender equality, to make it as part of their pay. It's not yeah. enough to really make it, you know, by only doing rewards or whatever programs. Communication is key. Embrace diversity. Uh, always check because I'm into HR analytics as well. And using HR analytics, like using data to give you insights for decision-making is an amazing thing you do to embrace diversity. So many organizations, if they don't count on HR data so that they can check, it's a checkpoint for them. Right. Hiring more men than women. Are we giving training more to men than women? So all of these can be some of the checkpoints regarding that. Leading by example. Uh, you know, having, uh, let's say, PwC, they have equal partners as uh, equally as men. And, and this as well can can be part of it. Yeah. Right. This is so good. So good. And what's interesting is I'm listening to you talk about this is that, you know, for those of us that are in countries that maybe don't feel this big diversity gap, that's not necessarily the same all over the world. So you might be listening to this saying, oh, we don't have a problem. now. If you are a woman and you're saying that, that's awesome. But also, if you're a woman saying that in a company where you don't feel like you're having any diversity issues or disparity between men and women, I'd also challenge you to pay close attention to how the other women in your organization are treating you. In my personal experience, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, it wasn't actually the men that were holding me back, it was the women. And the men, you know, to this day, I am standing on the shoulders of PMO and project management influencer giants in this space that have supported me and lifted me up from the beginning. Like Lee Lambert, our dear friend, you know, I, you got to see the two of us all lovey-dovey there in person when we got to see each other. Lee has been a part of my career since the early days, you know, and then, you know, Mark Price Perry handed the torch to me in episode nine of the podcast. He's off enjoying retirement and spending time with his lovely wife. And, you know, Andy Jordan, I think of him as one of the most brilliant minds in this space. There's so many others, right? And they all supported me early in my career and, you know, early in my business, like being a part of the first impact summit we held, et cetera. So what I saw inside organizations was it was often the women feeling like there were fewer seats at the table and holding me back. So even if you're in a situation where you're feeling, ah, it's fine, everything's fine with women being supported by men. Also, we need to do a lot more with women supporting other women in this space. So something to consider. And also the reason we're doing this podcast and Mona sharing all this with us here is that it's not the same everywhere around the world. And in some places you might be surprised like I was in Riyadh with the 2030 initiative and, you know, changing the way women are supported in their communities and in organizations, but it's still not like that everywhere. Right. And there's still a lot of work to do in all of these places. So I would just suggest if you're listening to all this, that you consider that as well, is that there are a lot of different places in the world where it's not quite the same. And even in different organizations in different countries around the world, it could be different. So Mona, before we wrap up here, 
I'm wondering if you could just leave one piece of advice for women that are aspiring to be in PMO leadership roles in organizations anywhere in the world. What's your top advice for them as they shatter their own glass ceilings? The first advice I would ask women, be resilient, trust yourself, and always upskill yourself. So I think whenever a woman has the confidence, has the will, you know, she will be able to do miracles. Once you trust yourself as a woman, you don't let anyone like put you down. Be consistent in your self-development. Be open to communication. Listen up to everyone and be calm. Use emotional intelligence. You know, by using emotional intelligence, you tend not to take things personal. Because sometimes those people who are trying to pull you down are people who have their own like baggage of so many challenges and maybe they are throwing out at you. So trusting yourself, being smart, being beautifully on the inside out are the things I really advise women to do. Being resilient and being consistent in your development and never give up. I love it. I love it. Well, with that impact drivers, there you have it. It's all about investing in yourself so that you can be confident and resilient and keep pushing forward and trusting yourself, trust the process, and you will be great making a huge impact in your organization. And we have hundreds of podcast episodes that give you all of those things that you need to build that confidence. So definitely check out the whole archive. And Mona, for those that want to reach out to you, what's the best place they can find you? On LinkedIn. So Mona Zulgaib, Z-O-U-G-H-A-I-B, would be my LinkedIn and they can find me there. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Mona, for being here today. That's it for us today, Impact Driver. I am so glad that you made it to the end of this episode so you can learn about shattering glass ceilings yourself and supporting the women around you in shattering glass ceilings so that we have all the best minds at the leadership table helping to make a big impact in your organization and beyond. I hope you've loved what you've been listening to today. Make sure you leave a rating and review to let others know how to find this podcast so that they can make an impact and we can change the world together one project at a time. Bye-bye for now. 